It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only, call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And welcome into the Virtual Bible Study tonight. We're glad you're a part of it, and we hope you'll stay tuned. This is the Virtual Bible Study for April 19th. We're live. We're ready to go. We're ready to take your calls or your emails with your questions or comments at 931-381-4567 or email questions at collegeview.com. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Jacob, Jacob, good to be with you tonight on the Virtual Bible Study, and we're looking forward to our discussion. We always uh, appreciate those who are listening, who participate. We're glad for all listeners, and we especially want those who are listening to participate because we think our program is much better when we get the input of those who are listening. We want to hear what you have to say about all the topics we discuss on the Virtual Bible Study. And I think we've got a good one uh, and an important one tonight, Jacob. We do have a good one. We want to talk about the clothing that we wear and the way that we conduct ourselves. We'll talk about our modesty tonight on the program, and we want to take your thoughts it is becoming time when people begin to take off their clothes, and uh, we want to know how much can we take off and still be pleasing to God. The number to call is 931-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. Jake, if you know, a few years ago we got a super Walmart here in our town of Columbia, Tennessee, and uh, I've told people that the, the uh, result of that is that I, I like going to Walmart even less than I used to like to go to Walmart. Uh, you have to walk a half a mile from your car to get to the front door, and then you have to walk another half mile when you get in the store to get anything that you want to buy. So I, I try to avoid going in the Walmart as much as I can. But every once in a while, uh, my wife Cindy thinks that uh, she just has to have some at Walmart. So what I do if I can is I just drop her off at the door, and then I kind of – uh, cruise around in the parking lot trying to find a uh, a place to wait and watch for her to come back out the front door. Well, in the process of that, you end up doing a lot of people watching, people coming and going from the Walmart. And, and I have concluded two things, at least two things, from my observations at the Walmart store. My first observation is that there are not a lot of really pretty people in this world. And my second observation is that most of them don't know how to keep their bodies properly covered with clothing, especially as we get into these warmer months. As you said, Jacob, you see all manner of undress. Just go to the Walmart store, and it's just absolutely shocking and disgusting to see the way that people will dress in public. And it's it's clear that they haven't got a clue about modesty. But the real problem is that I think a lot of God's own people I mean, the people of the world, you, you probably wouldn't expect much better of them. But when you see that the, the trends of, of our modern society are influencing God's own people, then you got to be really concerned. And so it's really worth looking to God's word and seeing what he has to say about the way we ought to dress. It's something that we need to consider on a daily basis. And so we hope that you have guidelines that you use and we want to know them. Give us a call right now at 931-381-4567 or email us questions at collegeview.com. Dad, we don't talk about this often. And uh, we do get some feedback from our listeners who don't listen live and and perhaps you're listening to this in the recorded version, not on Thursday night at 8 o'clock Central Time. We'd still like to hear from our listeners, Dad, who catch us on the archived podcast version of the program. You, we can take questions or comments anytime uh, at 931-381-4567 or questions at collegeview.com. Yeah, sometimes we get emails, uh, and, and we work them into the program when we can, even those emails that we receive that are not during the live broadcast. So be sure and send us an email. Well, what about modesty, and how do we decide what we're going to wear, what standard we're going to use, Dad? You know, there's all kinds of standards out there, and people are using a standard. You know, people have their limits on what they will wear in public, and uh, those limits are pretty extreme in most cases. But everyone has a standard that they use, and, you know, you could talk to a very worldly person, and they could tell you that something is not appropriate in public. That standard that they're using is incorrect. We've got to have the correct standard, though, Dad. But everybody has a standard, I think, in the world. I don't think anybody, uh, you know, most people have a problem with someone going around, uh, you know, stark naked. 
But what is the standard that we have to use? We've got to look at what the scriptures tell us uh, that our standard should be. And obviously we can't use the standard of the world, Dad. We can't look at those around us and look at what they're wearing and use that as our standard of what we're going to wear. That's exactly right, and I think that's the problem. I think a lot of people do let the world set their standards for them, and a lot of God's own people, unfortunately, do. But in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're not to be conformed to the world. Uh, I'm afraid a lot of people allow that to happen. Uh, whatever the trends in the world are, whatever the fashion uh, uh, dictates of, of the uh, Hollywood elite and so forth, Christians are letting those things set their standards, and that's that's being conformed to the world, and we're not supposed to be. Be not conformed to this world. How can we avoid that? We can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. You may prove that what which is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. We can avoid being conformed to the world. We can avoid using the standard that they use by studying the Word of God and renewing our mind. And that's how we can do it. And it's a daily process, Dad, that we've got to be committed to on a daily basis to make sure that we're maintaining modesty as God would have us maintain it. Exactly right. You know, Jacob, as you've already said, everybody's got to make choices about the clothes you wear. In fact, every day you've got to make some decision about what clothes you're going to wear that day. And I think that there are clearly some some wrong reasons for making clothing choices. There's some bad choices that are being made. And one of the reasons is because of what's popular. As we were just mentioning, people let the trends of society influence them. And I think influence them negatively to make the wrong kind of decisions. You know, um, the, the idea that everybody's doing it and therefore it's okay for for me to do it everybody's dressing this way therefore it's okay for me to dress this way that's just faulty thinking that's faulty in regards to any decision we might make uh exodus 23 verse 2 says thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil so we can't let the 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 popular trends be the decision maker for us if we're going to try to please God. You know, that sounds extremely elementary, Dad, that you would say we can't go along with the world, we can't uh, do what's popular. But in the area of our dress, it seems that many Christians will make that argument, as elementary as it sounds and as, as basic as what you just said is, it seems that some Christians are willing to make the argument, well, everybody's wearing it, so I'm not going to stick out. And if everybody's doing it, it's not going to be a big deal. We go to the beach and everybody's wearing the immodest attire down there at the beach. That's going to be fine. A lot of Christians will make that argument. Yeah, and, and of course, all of the Bible warnings are that the majority is in error and the majority is going the wrong way. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, beginning verse 13? Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Jesus said, you know, don't don't expect the majority to be doing the right thing. The majority is going the wrong way. The majority is going to be lost. We don't want to be with the majority. We don't. We cannot, therefore, allow the popular trends and what everybody else is doing to be the, the determinant of what we wear and the, clo- and the decisions we make about clothes. We're talking about modesty on the virtual Bible study tonight. Send us an email to questions at collegeview.com or give us a call at 931-381-4567. That's the number that Jack in Georgia dialed. Hello, Jack. Welcome to the virtual Bible study. Hello. How are you guys today? Good. Thank you for calling tonight. Well, I have two questions. First is more of a comment. I think you guys had addressed it. Uh, Christians at the beach and also go into uh, pools. Um, I know there are quite a few Christians who uh, can swim and feel that's a good recreation, and they will have pools at their house. And uh, that in itself is problematic because the majority of the people don't have any type of gates or any walls built around it. Uh, with all good intentions, they may say they will, but majority don't. And, you know, not against swimming as a recreational sport, but as a Christian, you just have to be careful where you're doing it, and there are very few places where you can. That's, I think you're exactly right, Jack. You know, you'd like to think that, you know, you could find a private place, you could, because as you say, swimming is good uh, exercise, a good form of recreation. But because of the immodesty of the world and the way people typically dress when they go places where swimming occurs, then that's going to hinder us. That's going to restrict us in being able to do 
those things as the world does. We're going to have to be careful about where we go because even if we're dressing properly, we're going to be exposed to people who are not. As you say, if you've got a pool in your own backyard, you, I mean, if, if you are within the line of sight of any other people or any other houses or places, then you've got to be exercising extreme caution. You know, Jack, this whole discussion gets down to sacrifice, and, uh, you know, we may just not be able to do some of the things that we really want to do. Sacrifice is a foreign concept to people in our society today. It's a foreign concept to Christians in America, unfortunately. But we're going to have to make sacrifices in ver- various areas in our lives, and this may be just one of them. But we've got to make some sacrifices on some of the things that we want to do. We just can't do them because of what God has told us. Also, I would uh, add to that uh a lot of people may want to go uh, on a cruise, and, uh, you know, in and of itself, it could be, you know, educational, et cetera, but you're going to run into something that uh, that you don't or shouldn't see. Um, there's another question I'd, I'd like to bring up. I, I don't want to get too far from the subject, but we're talking about modesty, and there's another issue that needs to be brought out. It's uh, It's uneasy for us to talk about, but... There are situations where uh, Christian women and men have exposed themselves to the opposite sex. And I think we have to look at it very closely, and that is in our choice of um, personal care, uh, physicians and things of that nature. I think it's been taken for granted that a female or a male, it doesn't matter. Our society doesn't have a problem with that. But as a child of God, you have to ask yourself, is this what God wants me to do? And just because the person has a lab coat on doesn't excuse them. Uh, you know, they're, they're the world that you're exposing yourself and your nakedness. Okay, that's, that's an interesting point, Jack, and I appreciate you bringing it up. And I'd be glad to hear from others who want to express their view on that as well. But I think it is certainly an area that needs to be considered. You're saying, for instance, if a woman goes to a man doctor or if a, if a man would allow himself to be seen uh, by a, 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 a woman doctor or a nurse, uh, you know, a lot of people don't even take that into consideration and it needs to there at least needs to be thought given to that it's not a it's not a given it's not an automatic i think that's what you're saying yes and it you know you have to ask yourself if, if people say well there shouldn't be any problem with it so you find yourself in a situation saying well god would allow that and where do we find that in the scriptures that we have an exception to show our nakedness to someone that we're not married to. All right. I think that's an interesting point, Jack. And, again, I'd be glad to hear others comment on that, too. I'm certainly sympathetic with the view that you've expressed there. Jack, we appreciate you listening down there in Georgia. Well, thanks for taking my question. All right. Take care now. Good talking to you. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks for calling, Jack, and uh, thank you for listening down in Georgia. We want to hear your thoughts, your comments, 931-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Jack brought up some uh, some direct points there. What are your thoughts about that? Do you have any comments about what Jack said? Or do you have any comments in general about the clothes that we wear? How do you make those decisions? How do you decide what you're going to wear? Let us know at 931-381-4567. Email us, questions at collegeview.com. We're looking forward to hearing from you on the virtual Bible study tonight. Jacob, you mentioned something when you were talking to Jack there a minute ago that I think has to factor into this discussion about the clothes we wear, and that is the idea of sacrifice. You know, uh, sometimes we have to make sacrifices. Sometimes we are not going to be able to do the things we'd want to do, like Jack mentioning about going to a swimming uh, place, or maybe we wouldn't be able to wear the kind of clothes that we might desire to wear just uh, because we're making a sacrifice to do what's right and be right with God and set a good example before others. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said, if any man will come after, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians who don't want to do any of that self-denial. But th- this is a subject which may, as you said, require us to do some sacrificing. That's what being a Christian is all about. We don't have to sacrifice. Well, we do have to sacrifice a lot, but we don't have to sacrifice like people of the old times had to sacrifice with the society that we live in. It's very easy for us to be a Christian. There's going to be sacrifices that we've got to make, though, and we've got to be willing to do that. Unfortunately, many Christians are unable, to, unwilling to make 
the sacrifices they need to make, and this is one area where sacrifice will be required. Are you willing to do it in order to be pleasing to God? We're talking about modesty on the virtual Bible study tonight. It's time for a break. And we want to hear from you. Jump on the phone right now at 931-381-4567 or email us questions at collegeview.com and let us know the standard that you use in deciding what clothes you will wear. How do you know when there's something that you shouldn't wear? Let us know how you make that decision. Give us a call or send us an email right now. We'll be right back after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks us. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the Virtual Bible Study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the Virtual Bible Study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. I'm Troy Smith, and now I'm 13 years old. I'm Mike Smith. I'm Troy's dad, and we love to listen to the Virtual Bible Study every Thursday night. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. Welcome back to the virtual Bible study, and we're glad that you're a part of it tonight. Thank you for joining us, and we're looking forward to your participation. We would appreciate your questions or comments about modesty on the virtual Bible study tonight. We're talking about the standard we use. Everyone has a standard. We've got to make sure our standard is where it should be. Our standard has to be the Word of God. It cannot be. The fact that everyone else is dressing this way, therefore it must be okay. It cannot be that it's just easier for us not to worry about that or not to make a stand for what is right. We've got to be willing to make a sacrifice in choosing what to wear. Dad, we've got to make sure that we're willing to make the sacrifices required in order to be pleasing to God. And the way that we dress is just one of those areas where we can make a sacrifice. You know, I have had people tell me, I don't care what anybody else thinks about how I dress or what I wear. It's my business, and I will do as I please. Now, again, you might expect to hear that from somebody of the world, but I hear Christians expressing that attitude. They simply don't care, and they are not going to take into consideration what others feel is right or appropriate in this regard. The result of that is that those people end up being a big discouragement to other Christians. They go about dressing immodestly, and in the process of it, they discourage their brethren. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 and 24, the Hebrew writer said, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. I've got to, I've got to be concerned about what my brethren think. And if, if my conduct, if, if the way I dress or anything else about the way I live my personal life is a discouragement to my fellow Christians, God's going to hold me accountable for that. And so it is somebody else's business and I have to be worried about other people when I make these kind of decisions in my personal life. That's right. And in fact, our personal life is God's business. God has given us dictates and mandates of how we should dress and how we should conduct ourselves. In John 12, verse 48, Jesus said, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. So it is a matter of importance, Dad. It's not just my business. God has set standards, and we're going to have to reckon with him if we violate his standards. And so we have a responsibility to God, and we have a responsibility to our brethren that we are never a discouragement to them by the clothes that we wear. 931-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com are the ways you can participate in the virtual Bible study tonight. We're looking forward to hearing from you on the program. Jacob, there's just a, there's just uh, an attitude of compromise, unfortunately, among God's people on this question of of uh, modesty and the clothes that we wear. Um, we we've got to be careful to not compromise with the world. Second um, Corinthians chapter six verse seventeen: Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Uh, that's what we've got to do. We've got to come out and be separate from the world. We cannot allow them to set the the standards for us and, and follow their leads. Exactly right. Unfortunately, many Christians are allowing the world to set the standards 
we're unwilling to separate ourselves from the world. We don't want to be different. You know, Dad, that's a an ingrained thing in us, I suppose, is that we want to fit in, that none of us want to be odd. But God demands that we be odd. When the world is following error, we've got to step aside and step out of that error and be different than the world. It's an uncomfortable thing for us many times, but it is what God has required of us. Well, Jacob, we've been talking about some of the wrong reasons for making decisions. Um, Let's talk about some of the right reasons why we should make decisions. And, And I actually think that we can talk about some biblical absolutes here. It's very common to hear people say you can't draw any specific lines, you can't give any absolutes, uh, and and I personally I just absolutely disagree with that statement. I believe the Bible sets some absolutes that we can uh, can you know learn what God has established as some actual lines that can be drawn in regards to what parts of our bodies can and cannot be seen by others, be exposed to the public. Um, there is something that the Bible calls nakedness, and I think it's worth getting a handle on the meaning of that. Now, obviously, when we think naked, we think of absolutely no clothes on whatsoever. But the Bible uh, teaches that it's possible to be naked, at least in God's definition of that term, while having some part of your body covered. You can still be regarded by God as being naked. And so naked doesn't, the word naked in the Bible doesn't always mean absolutely without clothes many times it means to be inadequately covered and one of the first places that we see that is way back in the book of genesis um we remember that when god created man and woman genesis 2:25 says they were both naked the man and his wife and were not ashamed now there the word naked means without any clothes at all but after they sinned by eating of the fruit of the tree that god had said not to eat from it says in Genesis 3, 7, that the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So they made aprons for themselves, which obviously would indicate some kind of covering for the midsection of their bodies. They covered part of their body. But then later in that chapter, Genesis 3, verse 8, they heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. And the Lord God called unto Adam, and he said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. There, Adam says, Well, I hid myself because I was naked. Well, he wasn't totally naked. He'd already made the apron of fig leaves to cover the midsection of his body, but he still felt naked. And what's interesting is apparently God still felt that he was naked too because in verse 21 of Genesis 3, it says, Unto Adam and also unto his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. They weren't clothed before. So the apron would have been something that covered the midsection of the body. The coat, the word for coat there, suggests a tunic-like garment that would extend to the knees or below, according to the language sources. And so there we have an example of of people exposing their nakedness. Adam and Eve were still naked, although although partially covered. People need to understand that, that there is something called nakedness in the Bible. And you may have part of your body covered, but you may still be exposing your nakedness. Exactly right. You know, that's a foreign concept in our society. Uh, Someone says that they're naked uh, today. People think you haven't got a stitch of clothing on. God's definition of nakedness is you haven't got enough clothing on, and so you can be clothed but still be naked in God's eyes. That's the way he defines it for us there in Genesis chapter 2 or 3. We've got an email from Keith in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Keith, we're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study tonight. He says we should look at the scriptures in Leviticus 18, 6 through 19, and realize that God has given us the instruction not to uncover one's nakedness. And that's repeated again and again in that section. I won't take time to read all that. That's Leviticus 18, verses 6 through 19. But I think that is a good example uh, of, of the use of this word nakedness to mean not just absolutely with no clothes on at all, but to be, uh, it can mean to, to be clothed but not adequately clothed. Jacob, I think one of the best places to go to show this is in Exodus 28, beginning verse 40. And I hope that our listeners will pay special heed to Exodus 28, beginning verse 40. There it's talking about the garments that the priests were to wear, specifically Aaron and his sons. And it says in 
Exodus 28, beginning verse 40. For, and for Aaron's sons thou shalt make coats, and thou shalt make them for uh, make for them girdles, and bonnets shalt thou make for them for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt put them upon Aaron thy brother and his sons with him, and shalt anoint them and consecrate them and sanctify them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt make them linen breeches to cover their nakedness from the loins even to the thighs they shall reach. And they shall be unto Aaron and unto his sons when they come into the tabernacle of the congregation or when they come near to the altar to minister in the holy place that they bear not iniquity and die. It shall be a statute forever unto him and his seed after him. And so here we see that God instructed that the priests wear these breeches it's called in the king james linen breeches it tells the extent of their coverage from their loins even to their thighs i think a careful study of that expression will suggest uh, covering from the waist all the way to the knees covering the thighs because to show that part of their body would be nakedness now get the point here these were undergarments for the priest in case maybe someone saw up underneath their robes these were not this was not something they weren't they weren't doing the priest's office while wearing bermuda shorts uh, this was their underwear as we would say and yet it still was to cover from their waist to their knees so that their nakedness would not be exposed so you get from that that at least a part of the body that God does not want people exposing is their thigh. It constitutes nakedness. We could look at uh, you know that that phrase, Dad, and and study it with how it is used throughout the Bible from the loins to the thighs. But it's clear that it means from the waist to the knee means in the thigh inclusively. The Bible in basic English in Exodus chapter 28, verse 42, probably not a, a translation you want to use all the time, but it recognizes this definition of from the loin to the thigh being the, uh, to the thigh inclusively from the waist into the knee. In verse 42, it says you, make, you are to make them linen trousers covering their bodies from the middle to the knee. And so it's clear from a study of this passage, Dad, that uh, the thigh entirely should be covered uh, from what God wanted covered there to cover the nakedness. That's right. Another another passage that would confirm that same conclusion is Isaiah 47, beginning verse 1. Uh, it's, it's a figurative passage talking about the desolation of Babylon. God was going to bring his judgment upon Babylon and then the prophet was speaking in figurative language here. He says, come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground. There is no throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called tender and delicate. Take the millstones and grind meal. Uncover thy locks. Make bare the leg. Uncover the thigh. Pass over the rivers. Thy nakedness shall be uncovered. And there's another expression. Uh, now, again, uh, understanding that this passage is a figurative one, but it, recur- it, it, it uh, refers to uncovering the thigh as nakedness. And so, again, we're saying that there's something called nakedness. God refers to nakedness as exposing parts of the body that we should not be exposing. Um, I think also it's clear that to expose the chest uh, of uh, the, the breast of a man or woman in other passages of Scripture, we could also conclude would also be uh, exposing the nakedness. All right. So you've set forth an absolute, Dad. You said that a lot of people will say that there are no absolutes, that the idea of modesty and covering our nakedness is something that's just a blurry, uh, undefinable thing that we have to just sort of wade through and, and muddle through and make up our own best mind about. You set up some absolute standards there that the thigh must be covered and also that the upper body of a person must be covered. And so we'd like to hear your thoughts about that. The number to call is 931-381-4567. Jump on the phone right now let us know your thoughts or send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. We've got a few questions for you. Well, just a few questions about the virtual Bible study. First of all, do you think people can be expected to listen to the virtual Bible study every Thursday night? I think it's perfectly reasonable. Well, uh, what would you say to someone who slipped up and forgot to listen to the virtual Bible study? Just don't do it again. What's the general reaction that you're hearing about the virtual Bible study? Everybody loves you and so do I. And we'd like to ask, can you expect to hear informative subjects discussed each and every week on the virtual Bible study? No question in my mind. 
Well, there you have it. People are listening to the virtual Bible study. Make your plans to be here every Thursday night and tell others. Hi, my name is Mike Holt. My wife and I, we love listening to the virtual Bible study. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. We hope you'll join in on the discussion and let us know your thoughts. 931-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com are the ways you can participate in the program. This is a listener's interactive program in which we benefit from your participation in the study tonight. I want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. To find out more about the College View Church of Christ, visit our website, collegeview.com. Call us anytime at 931-381-4567 or send us a question about the College View Church of Christ to questions at collegeview.com. Or better yet, Join us at any of our services together at the College View Church of Christ. We meet at 9.30 Sunday morning, 6 o'clock Sunday evening, and 7 o'clock Wednesday evening. We hope you'll come and visit with the College View Church of Christ if you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area. We're talking about modesty on the virtual Bible study tonight, and we're looking forward to hearing your comments. Jacob, we're getting an email from Jim in Somerset, Kentucky. Jim, we're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study tonight. He says, one passage that deals with this subject explicitly is 1 Timothy 2, verses 9 and 10. While there are a lot of points that you could make from this passage, I believe the most powerful statement is, quote, proper for women professing godliness. The inescapable implication is that if you are godly, you will be modest. The fact that some want to argue over whether or not their clothes are modest or not may often indicate that they are not pro- that they do not properly value the designation of godliness. And I think you're exactly right, Jim. We appreciate your comments there. In fact, that's a that's a passage, the one that you reference is a passage that's got to be considered. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verses 9 and 10. Do you suppose that Jim is saying that we could profess something other than godliness by the way that we dress? I think that's clearly so. I think that, that you're making a statement about your value system, about what's important to you, and about who you're trying to live for by how you how you dress. And that is a walking billboard that says something about us to everybody that we meet. People we may never meet, uh, meet in person may see us and realize we're walking godly, and trying to profess godliness, or we're not walking in a way that we should. We're saying that to everyone that we're around. That's the importance of this subject we're talking about tonight, Dad. Jacob, in Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 10, it refers to a woman with the attire of a harlot. Well, I think we all understand what that means, that, that a harlot, an immoral woman, would dress in a certain way, and she makes a statement by the way she dresses. You can identify her. By the way she dresses, she wears the attire of a harlot. So that proves that people of the world understand that there's there's a form of dress that makes a statement. Well, what's our what's our form of dress making? What kind of statement are we professing godliness? As Jim mentioned in his email, I think it's a good question. Thank you for your email tonight, Jim. Thank you for listening to the virtual Bible study. We'd like to hear from you at nine three one three eight one four five six seven or questions at College View. Dot com. Join in on the discussion tonight. Let us know your thoughts. Jacob, that passage that Jim mentioned, 1 Timothy 2, verse 9, King James says, In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. A paraphrased version of that verse, and again, that, that wouldn't be something you would always trust uh, to be uh, an accurate translation necessarily but one paraphrase i read of that verse said make yourself ready to show that you are a christian by wearing decent clothing with an attitude of timid humility and self-control and i think that does do a good way of a good job of putting those words uh, into a form that we understand what this passage is saying is that we were saying earlier jacob there's the absolute of nakedness you not to show your nakedness This passage is actually setting a higher standard. Not only do you not show your nakedness, you don't even try to approach those limits. You you have a, as this paraphrase says, you have an attitude of timid humility and self-control. You're not trying to see how far you can push the limits. You're not trying to see how much of your flesh you can expose without reaching the point of nakedness. You have a timid humility about you. You, You're exercising self-control. Now, this isn't as hard or fast of a rule. There are going to be some judgment calls in the area of modesty, but we see the attitude that is portrayed And that is that we're trying not to push the limit 
but instead we're trying very desperately to maintain modesty at all times. We don't want to get anywhere close to crossing that line to where we would be immodest because we realize what that would say about our character. Exactly right. And again, we're trying to profess godliness. And I, th- I really appreciate Jim's comments there in his email. I think he's exactly right. Now, that principle stated there uh, would apply. Now, the, uh, admittedly, First Timothy chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 is addressed to the women. But I think the concept of that would apply to men as well as women. I think it would also apply to children because I think we need to teach our children from a very early age the principles and concepts of, of modesty. It certainly would apply to all Christians. There should be no double standard applied when it comes to Christians. You know, uh, I think people would hold certain Christians to a high standard. For instance, the elders in, the, in, a, in a local congregation would be expected to have a high standard of modesty. Maybe the deacons, the preacher, uh, and his family, and so forth. But there are church members who would be alarmed to see one of the elders or the preacher dressed in the way that they themselves dress. And there's no, there's no ground for a double standard like that. Uh, th- these principles of modesty apply to all Christians. You know, Dad, we're talking about the condition of our heart, really. You know, it's not just a, a, an outward physical thing, whether we wear this or we don't wear this. We're, what we do is what we wear is a reflection on our heart. We don't want the attention to be drawn to us. We don't want to portray ourselves in an immodest fashion. It's an attitude that is reflected in our actions. It's not just some type of mechanical outward action that we do. It is a reflection of our heart, and we need to understand that. Exactly right. <clears throat> you know, we were just saying, Jacob, that these principles of modesty would apply to all Christians, men and women alike, young children as well. And they would apply everywhere and at all times. You know, uh, Jack in his earlier phone call suggested Christians going to the beach or going to the swimming pool and somehow uh, imagining that that circumstance allows them to wear less clothes than they would wear otherwise. In other words, <clears throat> you wouldn't wear a swimming suit to walk in, uh, to walk into the Walmart store, <clears throat> but somehow or another we're to believe that it would be all right to wear it if you went out on the beach in Florida. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that simply doesn't. Work. All right. The number to call is 931-381-4567. Send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. We need your participation on the virtual Bible study tonight. And um, my co-host has half a lung over there now. One's out on the floor, so we need your help. Yeah. 931-381-4567. Up about this. Questions at collegeview.com. It is an emotional subject. I understand that you could get t- teared up about it, but uh, we'd like to hear your thoughts on the virtual Bible study tonight. Jacob, you know, one, uh, the, the idea that we have to be modest at all times and all places, you know, I've heard I've heard the argument that, that's, that there, the standards of modesty are different in Maine in the state of Maine than it would be in the state of Florida. Where's the biblical proof of that? Uh, Christians, unfortunately, will sacrifice modesty uh, if they go to a wedding, you know, maybe uh, a, a girl in her wedding dress, the choice of the clothes you would wear at, at, at a wedding. But modesty is just as important there. It's important when you're playing sports. You know, a lot of people think they can sacrifice modesty if they're engaged in some kind of a sporting endeavor. Modesty, even, uh, you know, we need to think practically even that we would need to maintain modesty. For instance, a woman getting in and out of a car. If her, if her skirt uh, is on the borderline of being too short when she's just standing upright, when when she bends over or, or tries to get into a car, she's going to expose more of her thigh then than she was when she was standing straight up, that's got to be taken into consideration because modesty has to be maintained at all times and in all places. You know, our society, this is a foreign concept to us. You know, we talked about uh, Islam a couple weeks ago, Dad, and about uh, the Muslim religion and uh, certainly a lot of things wrong with that. But one thing that's impressive about that religion is their, their diligence about being modest at all times. And we see in that society that uh, they don't get anywhere close to exposing their nakedness. That's something that's totally taboo. Our society, you expose your nakedness whenever you can. And unfortunately, that thinking has rubbed off on a lot of Christians where it's not any problem to show a lot of flesh and to show things that we shouldn't. It's not something that we're embarrassed about anymore, and we need to correct that uh, that way of thought. I think that's exactly right. Jake, we might mention just... Just so that we are absolutely understood on this, we might mention some kinds of clothing that that 
are going to be in violation of the principles set forth in the Word of God. They're going to they're going to be immodest. Many of these things will actually expose the nakedness of the human body, and they should not be worn by Christians. Uh, swimming suits, halter tops, bare midriffs, men going around without their shirts on, tight, revealing clothing. You know, you might have your body clothed, but the the, the uh, clothing be so tight to show every form of the body. Certainly, low necklines uh, for women. Uh, or excessively baggy clothes that have large gaping holes that expose the flesh, shorts uh, that that expose the thigh. These are the kind of things we're talking about, and and yet we see Christians wearing almost every one of those kind of things just mentioned. That's right. What do you think about that? What do you think about the standard that many are using in the church, even those who are professing to be Christians? Nine three one three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeview dot com are the ways you can participate. Let us know your thoughts. We need to understand what we should do and how God would have us to live and what he would have us to wear, and we'd like your help in determining that on the virtual Bible study tonight. Let us know your thoughts as we talk about modesty and the clothes that we wear, the decisions we have to make on a daily basis, because as we mentioned, Dad, this says something about our attitude and about our heart, and it portrays it to everyone we come in contact with throughout the day. Jay, we got an email from a listener in Japan tonight. It says he can't get us live. Uh, sorry for that. I wish that that was working. Apparently, uh, it, you might send us an email wherever you're listening from. Let us know that we're getting to you. It looks like it's working on our end, but an international listener tonight says he can't get there. I think we're, our signal's falling off somewhere around Hawaii, probably. Maybe, maybe. We just can't get, past the, can't get past one of those volcanoes. Maybe so. Jacob, you know, on all of these decisions, we're talking about reasons uh, for making decisions about the clothes we wear. In all of these decisions, it is absolutely appropriate for us to use the old standard to, to pursue the infallibly safe course. You know, uh, make sure that your clothes are covering your nakedness and more so than that, that they are modest and that you're setting a right example before others. Don't try to see how close you can come to the limits. I'm really concerned, especially for our young people who want to just see how far they can push the limits. Uh, what's your purpose in that? Uh, if it's questionable, don't do it. If it's questionable in your own mind, uh, then certainly don't do it. If it's questionable in the opinion of other faithful Christians, faithful, strong, mature Christians, if you see that that strong Christians, faithful people are not dressing that way, then that should be a pretty good indication that you don't need to dress that way either. Use the, the mentality of the infallibly safe way when it comes to making these decisions about the clothes you wear. You know, Dad, I don't know that there is maybe any bigger statement we can make in the world that we live in today than to dress modestly, especially in certain areas, in certain activities. Uh, we go to the beach and we stay fully clothed and we do not expose our nakedness. Certainly we'll make a statement if we do that. And certainly it will give us an opportunity to be a light to the world. What a wonderful way to make a statement, and uh, we ought to be willing to do that. Okay. Uh, we're getting an email in from Mike here in Columbia, Tennessee. Mike, we're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study tonight. He says, please comment on the trend now among many young men who wear their pants very low and have their underclothes exposed. I've seen this around schools and on public sidewalks. I believe dress codes in schools would be good, and we need them. I've seen the kind of thing that Mike's talking about there, Jacob, and uh, – you know, I guess my first reaction to that is that common sense, just just absolute common sense would indicate not to dress that way. I don't know how they keep their pants up. I mean, uh, there must be some magic there. They must have them taped on or something. But to to dress that way, to expose your undergarments, to purposefully make that kind of a statement is certainly not anything that a Christian would want to do. That would definitely be pushing the limits that we were just talking you're about. You're just there. not cool, though. You're, no, you're an old fogey. You don't, don't you understand that that's cool and that's what we've got to do to fit into the, with the crowd? Well, but what this that kind of clothing. Now, it could be argued that they're not exposing nakedness. You know, flesh is not being seen, but it's still an immodest thing and is intended to be. And so the the principles of modesty would be the ones there that would make us decide not to dress that way. Mike says, what about dress codes in schools? The way they would be good, he says. And, and I think probably so, too. And I think you'd get rid of a lot of this kind of uh, of issue. It's a, obviously, it's a huge distraction in the teaching environment of a school. 
but um, that, that's maybe a political question to ask as, as to whether that will ever happen. But I definitely think that Christian young people in particular really have some hard choices to make, and they need to be making them carefully in the light of what the Word of God says and with an intention to please Him and profess godliness. You know, sometimes we may not know, though, for sure. Maybe we have a question about whether or not it would be good for us to wear our pants in such a way that our undergarments would be exposed. We've got to be willing to not get anywhere close to those types of things that could be questionable. Maybe there's a question in our mind about it. It would be better off not to wear those types of things to make sure that we're pleasing to God. What do you think about the clothes that we wear? We want to hear from you on the virtual Bible study. The number to call is 931-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at collegeview.com. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. I'm Tom Goodall, a member of College View's Church of Christ. Do you have a question about what has been said on the virtual Bible study tonight? Perhaps you disagree with something that was said or would just like more information about what you've heard. If so, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact us with any questions or comments that you might have. Email us at questions at collegeview.com and we can discuss any of your questions or comments with you privately or over email. Or if you would like to speak with someone in person, call us at 931-381-4567. Our promise to you is that we'll do our very best to give you a Bible answer for anything that we do or teach, and that we'll do so in a loving manner. So if you have any questions or comments about our program tonight or any Bible subject, email us at questions at collegeview.com or call 931-381-4567. Thanks for listening to tonight's virtual Bible study, and we hope to hear from you soon. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The virtual Bible study. Take it away, guys. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight, and we hope you'll stay tuned. Looking forward to hearing from you. 931-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. We'd like to have your thoughts, your comments about the clothes that we wear. As we come into the summer season in which we may be tempted to take off a little bit more than we should, how do we determine what is God's standard for the clothing that we wear? Jump in on the discussion right now and let us know your thoughts. Jacob, one of the things we often say is that choices have consequences. When we make decisions to do certain things, they have consequences that lead to other things. I mean, that's just absolutely true, and, and we have to accept the reality of that. If we make bad choices about the clothes we wear, those choices will have consequences, and one of those consequences, in other words, if we choose to wear immodest clothing that either does or does not expose nakedness but is still immodest, what that does is that it typically leads to more and more immodesty. I've seen this, I don't know how many times, when someone begins to compromise on the point of of clothing. In other words, maybe a parent. This parent doesn't wear shorts, for instance, never would wear shorts, never been, never would be caught dead in a pair of shorts. But they let their kids wear shorts, but they start out by saying, now, these shorts are going to have to be long shorts. They're going to have to be longer than the knee. They're going to have to come below the knee. If you're going to wear these kind of shorts, you're going to have to be below the knee. So they start there, and then it just keeps creeping up. And so, in other words, if you start making bad decisions and if you start compromising on these issues of clothing and modesty, what almost always happens is that immodesty leads to more immodesty. And that's one of the consequences of making that bad decision. Well, and perhaps, you know, those bad decisions and we dress in ways that are immodest, we show the world around us that we're not committed to godliness and perhaps we open the door to other temptation. We show our, our contacts and our associates, Dad, that we're not as committed to living for God as we should be because we're dressing in a way that's immodest. And therefore, maybe they uh, encourage us to do other things. They tempt us in other ways where we wouldn't be tempted had we made the stand and made uh, an example of our commitment to God. Yeah. You know, there's a, uh, an increasing tolerance, I think, for other forms of worldliness when we begin to make the wrong choices about modesty then then we sort of become tolerant of other things for instance i've known of people who started out their their first arguments were about modesty you know they were they were christians but they didn't like to hold the line on wearing modest clothes they always would argue uh, for this or that and try to justify wearing clothes that 
just weren't what a Christian ought to be wearing. I, I have actually personally known of instances where those people then later, well, they begin to question other things. For instance, maybe they begin to question whether or not you can really condemn social drinking. You know, you start showing a tolerance for worldliness, and it, it begins with the clothes you wear, and it may lead to other things. And I've just seen it happen too often. In fact, the Bible even speaks of this. The prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 7, verse 26, speaking about the people of Judah, he said, Yet they hearkened not unto me, nor inclined their ear, but hardened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. That's and that's that's what happens. Bad leads to worse. And, and if you think you can make these decisions and compromise, you're going to be teaching that compromise to your children. And you can almost guarantee that your children are going to take that to to a, a level that you wouldn't be comfortable with. Just we just got to be careful about that. And you know, the Bible teachings are clear that we've got to maintain modesty. That we've got to make sure that we do not expose our nakedness. We've shown the Bible gives us uh, some limits on exposing our nakedness and what it takes to do that. Yet if we'll turn our hearts away from the truth of God's word, Dad, and we say, I know that's what the Bible says, but it's not what I want to do, and therefore I'm going to do something different, we, in effect, harden our heart and make it harder for the gospel to penetrate us in other areas of our lives as well. I think that's exactly right. You you express a hardness of heart, uh, and you resent and, and resist plain Bible teaching. Notice what Second Timothy chapter 4, beginning verse 2 says. Second Timothy 4, verse 2. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fable. Now there's the, there's a the person who resents and resists the preaching of God's truth, and they ultimately are turned away into absolute apostasy. Uh, and so that's what happens when people begin to reject the teaching of God's word. And, and, and again, a bad decision on something like modesty can lead to that hardening of the heart and that, that may affect a lot of other aspects of the Christian life. So it's something to be concerned about. Let's go a few miles to the south and to the west and welcome Wade to the virtual Bible study. Hello, Wade. Welcome to the program. Hi, Jacob. I got to listen to the study tonight, but I knew what you was talking about. I wanted to call and make a comment real quick before the study went off. I've thought a lot about um, the uh, issue of uh, of nakedness, and uh, I, I guess uh, the, the things that the comment that I really wanted to make was, uh, you know, uh, our government. We, you know, we talk about you can't talks about you can't legislate morality and and you know what's really naked and. And uh, I think about it this way. If you, if you had a woman that had a shirt on, but she had two holes cut out in the front, and, uh, you know, she had a pair of pants on, and she had a hole cut out, uh, in, you know, down, uh, you know, what, what would expose her private parts, or if a man the same way, uh, would that woman be naked in the eyes of most people? And I, I think the answer to that question is yes. I think that they would say yes, that woman's naked. However, she does have she's fully clothed except for just a few little places. Uh, or a man, even though uh, I think you would you would say that uh, that they were naked. What, what you're what you're saying what you're saying, Wade, is that it's possible even even by human standards, humans even who don't even have any knowledge of what the Bible teaches on it understand that there are certain parts of the body that are nakedness. Yeah, and um, but uh, you know, people say that uh, you have to have no clothes on at all to be naked. Well, I mean, I'm sure you covered this in the first part of your study, but uh, I, you know, you don't have to uh, be completely uh, without clothes to to be naked. You know, just as I demonstrated, you could have just a few select parts of your clothing missing, uh, and I mean, you could be fully clothed with just those particular parts missing. And people would say that you were naked, or some people would just say that you were um, indecent. Maybe. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, and, and ex- almost an exact uh, uh, case of what you're talking about. Remember, a few years ago, the Janet Jackson episode at the Super Bowl halftime show uh, was exactly that: one part of the clothing missing, and it caused a, a, a great uproar, and people were outraged, and right, rightfully so. So, you know, that, that I think illustrates your point. 
Thank you for Thank you for call tonight, Wade, and uh, for your comments. We appreciate your participation. 931-381-4567 is the email address to use. You can jump on now, and there's plenty of time to take your call. Send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Appreciate Wade for his thoughts tonight. Jacob, we're getting an email here from Sandra in Ridgeway, Virginia. Sandra, we're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study tonight. She said, sitting here listening to the show, the question was raised, is it immodest for a woman to disrobe for a male doctor for an examination. Uh, Jack commented about that earlier when he called in. It's certainly something worth considering, and i got to be honest with you, I've not really thought thoroughly about that. And so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to reserve comment because I, I just not really thoroughly considered that possibility. In fact, what we might suggest is for those who are listening tonight to send in, uh, we're, we're almost out of time, but send in your thoughts on that subject and you can just say in a word or two, yes, uh, it's nakedness. You shouldn't expose, uh, a woman shouldn't let a man doctor see her, or a man shouldn't let a woman doctor or nurse see him. Uh, just, just, we'll just sort of take an informal poll of all those who are listening. But if you've got some biblical argumentation one way or the other that you'd like to share with us, uh, we'll try to follow up on that question in a subsequent uh, virtual Bible study. Thank you for listening tonight, Sandra. She's up in Virginia, Dad, where you'll be headed here in a few days. Yeah, going up next week. Anybody in southwest Virginia, I'm going to be holding a gospel meeting at the church in Pound, Virginia, beginning Sunday, running through next Friday. Be glad to see any of our listeners who are up in that part of the country uh, at pound virginia all right appreciate your email again sandra for your participation tonight with that we talked about some of the problems that can develop if we do not make the right decisions we show a bad example to others we're a discouragement to our brethren we harden our heart and make it harder for other truths of the gospel to penetrate our heart it leads to other forms of worldliness and more and more immodesty if we fail to maintain the strict standards that God has defined in his words. There's some benefits to us spiritually as well. If we'll make the right decisions, we can grow spiritually and benefit as a result. And we need to understand those benefits, Dad, and realize there is a benefit to the sacrifices that God requires us to make in the area of our dress. That's exactly right. As we pass these various tests, as we sort of overcome these various hurdles, in our Christian life, and as we as we do the right thing, we grow stronger. Second uh, Peter three verse eighteen tells us we're to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and and people need to grow stronger. And and I think a lot of us would admit there were there have been times in the past maybe we weren't as strong on the subject of even modesty as we should have been. We see those errors. We're sorry for our for our bad choices and sinful choices in the past. We're trying to do better now. That's a good thing to grow. And when we make these right decisions, it helps make us stronger spiritually. That's definitely a positive thing. And as a result of doing the right thing, we can have peace because we know that we're living as God would have us to. Not do we have not will we have to be ashamed of the decisions we've made, but we can have confidence that we've made the right decisions. We have peace, Dad, because we know we're in the right relationship with God. Yeah, Philippians chapter four, beginning verse six says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We want to have that peace of God. And uh, we, we can have it by doing the right thing, making the hard choices to live right in the in a wicked world, including making the right choices about the clothes we wear. And 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 we can pillow our head at night with the confidence of 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 knowing that that's one thing that I didn't do wrong today for sure. I I did not dress immodestly. I did not show my nakedness. I did not do what God uh, has forbidden in His Word concerning the kind of clothes that a Christian would wear. And that's a good thing, uh, and you can feel good about that. You know, but on the other hand, if you if you made bad choices and, and you compromised with the, the fashions of the world, you may have those guilty conscience feelings that are so plaguing. So, I mean, there, there, there's a benefit to doing the right thing here. All right. Well, Dad, thank you for the discussion tonight. Enjoyed it with you. I think it's an important one. Uh, as we said at the start of the program, we're moving into the warmer months of the years uh, of the year, and and the people of the world are going to disrobe. Unfortunately, some Christians are going to follow those trends, and we've got to be on our guard against that. The clothing that we wear will say something to everyone we meet about the attitude and the condition of our heart. It tells the world around us that we're committed to living as God would have us to live. 
It has great implications to our influence on the world, and it has great implications to our eternal destiny. The clothes that we wear are incredibly important in our lives as Christians. We hope you have benefited from our discussion tonight, and we hope you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.